I'm going to go on the hill and then Mm -hmm. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And he always came back. And so I think he sets the greatest example for that is sometimes we need to say, Oh, yeah, I like this. I like it already. All right. I should be like, I like it already. James, you are officially our permanent producer. Oh, my goodness. No, is that my... Kurt, you're the boss. Oh, well, hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. We're just so thrilled that you guys would take 25 minutes or so out of your busy schedule to join us every week. Those of you who do join us every week, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I doubt if anybody joins us every week. Maybe. Do you think? Somebody. Somebody. Does your One wife? person. I need to get up. Does your my husband? wife? My husband? <laughs> Maybe. Does, does my wife? I didn't ask. No. <laughs> no. Rachel has listened to three of these probably. <laughs> Come on, Rachel. <laughs> Come Tune on. in. Show us some love, like, Rachel. And subscribe. That's and, when you go, Rachel, leave if you're us listening a comment. to this one, I'll buy you free Starbucks. Let's see <gasps> it. There we go. See if she listens wow. to it. No, don't tell her. Oh. See nice. if she listens. So wait. And Sam. And you can't say if anything. She if she references this one. Because... You'll buy her free Starbucks. Yeah, I'll get her Starbucks. Same with Sam. Same, Same with Sam. Okay. So don't say anything. Wow. So both of them come up. So yeah. if, you hear, if you're hearing yeah. this, come find me at Starbucks. I love this. Your money is safe, Amy. <laughs> Your money and is now we'll totally know the truth. Easy. If we're like, did you listen to the episode? Oh, they were great. And if they never gonna, mentioned Starbucks. I'm going to get a little bit riskier because this is episode two yes. without producer Chris. Yes. If Chris listens to this one, I'll buy him free Starbucks. Oh my goodness! I hit it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You can't tell, James. James. Is that is that? Did I just guaranteed lose my? James is like, where's my I free do, Starbucks? Uh, I feel like he's probably gonna watch. I don't think he's a listener. I think he's well, a well, watcher. Well, watcher. That's okay. Uh, watcher, Watching. Yeah. Yeah. I think with he's audio. Probably, I yeah. feel like he's probably gonna watch it. There's not nearly as many watchers as there are listeners. Oh, I don't know. Which yeah. is, I get my insecurities get up. I get my insecurities rise to the surface because I'm constantly telling people, "Oh, go check it out on YouTube." And yet on YouTube, there's only like, you know, 95 views or 200 views. But on, on recently, they're in the list, thousands. Well, collectively yeah. over time. No, no. Hundreds of thousands. Each hundreds yeah. of thousands. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Why are we rambling on about this? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, That's everybody. That's why it works better on audio. <laughs> <laughs> producer humor over there. Uh, producer Tech. James. Thank you, James. Well, Amy, thanks for joining us. As always, Kurt Johnston, Grace Yoon. Hello, hello. And we are in the middle of a three-episode series with our good friend and pastor, Amy Kendall, talking about mental health yes. with our children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and last episode was a little bit of an introduction um, but they all kind of stand alone. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like every episode is building on each other, but we just wanted to take this big subject mm-hmm. and break it into three episodes. And we are just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. Mental health with our kids is a big deal. And raising children who and teenagers who we know have been diagnosed mm-hmm. or we're wondering if they are where they are in that journey is, is a, it's not a, it's not an issue that we can like, Tackle, mm-hmm. check off, and solve as parents all in three podcast episodes. It's it's an ongoing journey, an ongoing conversation, an ongoing discovery. Um, and we're just thrilled, Amy, that you're here. Your, your your son is twenty years old. Yes. And when when did you when would you say you first like officially he was first diagnosed? And can you is there an age where you're like, hey, before a certain age? diagnoses maybe aren't as accurate or they're not as common and there's maybe like a sweet spot or is it different for every kid? Is it different for every mental Mm -hmm. health? It's different for every diagnosis. Yeah. Um, I would say my son was probably one when I was like, 
hmm, he's toe walking a lot. And for a lot of parents, toe walking can go hand in hand with autism, which is also a mental health um, mm. disorder. And so, um, but he was very talkative and had eye contact. But not so, always. But not always. They could just be a future ballerina. Uh, you know what? Um, <laughs> or they have sensory processing disorder, which is yeah, So disorder. they're seeking out that input into their bodies yep. where typical when you walk, you don't always like, I mean, you can feel your legs, but when you walk on your toes, it's amazing how you can feel your legs. Mm, and interesting. So, so a lot of people who are, who have sensory processing mm. disorder, just quickly, you, um, they're, they're either seeking out input or they're shying away from input. Uh-huh. And so my son was a seeking out input kind of person yeah. and so um so they're the kids like when they're two that they're taking all the toys and they're slamming them across the floors and the tables at you know at church or at school they're ones that are kicking little johnny next to them mm-hmm. because yeah. you know as we're sitting here for you guys can you feel your legs right now right no mm-hmm. but if i kick grace or grace kicks me do you feel your leg mm-hmm. yeah and so that that you know intrinsically they're just doing that because mm-hmm. they're trying to get that input to see where their body is so at a young age i saw that and so i think with each diagnosis there's a different um adhd definitely starts playing into in school age mm-hmm. um i remember them trying to um thinking he had it when he was in preschool and i was like yeah no i think right. it's sensory processing but it was probably in third grade where we finally was like yeah school's getting, school's getting more challenging there's needing a lot more attention homework is getting a little bit longer and that's when we saw his that and then i think through that, then he would start getting more and more anxious, and then the anxiety mm-hmm. came in, and then we were seeing the OCD, and then his Tourette's. Tourette's usually comes on typically um, in early adolescence, mm-hmm. but it can go different ways. But probably when he was in second grade, we started seeing him like do this like eye bulging thing where he like I couldn't mm-hmm. even do it, but he would try to like strain his eyes because it was just you know a thing, and then mm-hmm. he started having a little bit of a sound. So for a long time, we just thought it was a tick disorder, yep. and because um, I did not want to have that label on him, I was that was probably my a little bit of my denial. Sure. Mm. And then again, we talked the first episode about duration and how that really is, and so with tr- the difference of tick disorder and Tourette's has to do with duration, and also it has to do with um, verbal versus um, mm. you know movement, and so. Right. So we got probably, he had all his diagnoses by the time he was in fifth grade. We had all of them. Um, And then um, some of them have waxed and waned um, and some have stayed. And Tourette's, there's, it's a one third, one third, one third. One th- in in late adolescence, one third get better, one mm. third get worse, mm. and one third stay the same. And mm. gotcha. he's a stay the same kind of yeah. kid. So he'll oh, have, wow. he'll probably have Tourette's his whole life. Yeah. Um, OCD is much better. He got therapy for that. So, I mean, there's some things that... You know, there's some things that of mental health that can you we can get help and we can definitely dissipate some of the um, symptoms that come with it. And there's some things like autism that are usually there for the rest of our lives right. or Tourette's. Yeah. And is it fair, Amy, to say that with most or some mental health diagnoses that as you get older, you you certainly can, sometimes can, rarely can learn to manage it yourself and and like maybe control I'm, forgive me if i'm using no, the wrong no, no. like control symptoms yeah. or yeah no i definitely i mean i'll take my son's my son has obsessive compulsive disorder and um he definitely got therapy for it and he mm-hmm. got it when he was like 16 maybe a little younger 
Um, and um, he really learned what he needed to do when those obsessive thoughts come right. come in. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens, you do is you get an obsessive thought, and then you do something, you know, you do a compulsion because it, it's like it goes hand in hand. And so he would have those things. And so he got therapy, and so he knows kind of what his triggers are, what's, what sets him off, and he knows how to talk himself through it. And so, yeah, the, um, I think for a lot of things um, – I think as we get older and especially become adults, we learn mm-hmm. like, okay, what do we need? But it doesn't mean that, um, we can't some, some things, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, something's going to set us down right. the trail where are we do, we have a full bone, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. episode of yeah. a manic. Well, and that's part of what's so great about the times that we're living in. And we, we touched on this in the last episode about how we're just living in a season where as a culture, we're just more open about stuff. And we're more willing to talk about our challenges and there's more help available. Yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, even when I was growing up or when I was raising my kids, some of what, what your son deals with, like we would have probably not wanted to talk about it. And mm-hmm. then when you don't talk about it. You don't get the help. And then you don't give the tools to your child to help them navigate it in the way that we're providing for so many kids and teenagers today, which is really one of those like awesome Areas yeah. that we've progressed and, and we're just doing better as, as, as humans in this right. area. And and you said something um, at the last episode, Amy, that I'm wondering if you could say again for people who might just be tuning in for this episode, which, and I can't quite remember, it was that like disability, you have like two mantras. Oh, a different isn't effective. Yes. I, I love that, that different isn't effective. And to Kurt, what you were saying is I think underlying it and even now, but maybe even more in the past different was thought of as defective. And so if you are going through these things, you have to just kind of deal with it on your own as a parent. And that causes a lot of stress to the parent, causes stress to the kid, because you do feel like Mm -hmm. something's wrong with you and you're probably not getting the support, not the emotional support, um, but other kinds of support that you do need. Thank you, Amy. I mean, just just hearing you talk about your son's experiences, and I know you said in last episode that he's totally okay with you sharing these stories and it's part of your ministry. Um, just even hearing that is like so like just helpful to say, oh, okay, like this is what you've been through and this is what you've experienced in either diagnosis or um, treatment or just communication and building relationships. And I really think, and that's why we're excited about this series is that there are parents out there who are facing this in their families and some may be further along and having support and some may be completely alone right now. Mm. And we just want those parents that are listening in now, maybe if this is the first episode to go back and listen to the first one, we are doing a three episode series. The whole intent is for encouraging is to encourage parents that they're not alone in this particular journey and different isn't defective yeah. and that there are things that you can do as a parent. So just um, yeah. one of the things a long time ago, I went to see, um, uh, I saw a, a doctor, he's speaking on the challenges of having kids with disabilities and mental health and everything. And one of the things he talked about was denial. And I'm sure all of us know that we make that joke about, oh, they're going down the river, you know, the river of denial. No. And um, the one thing he talked about, and I was so appreciative, is he said, denial is actually a really healthy place. Mm. Because when we're in denial, it means that we don't have have the either inward resources or the outward resources to move forward. Mm. And so for us to sometimes like get frustrated with family members or even, you know, ourselves or anybody else and see them in denial, we need to 
one, have grace, of course, but to remember, like, they don't have that ability. They Maybe mm-hmm. they don't have family members who are like, hey, I know this is challenging. You're going through this with your with your child. I'm here to lock arms with you and help you through it. Gotcha. Okay, so I... It's almost like that, a coping mechanism until you feel safe. It's not a healthy place to be, but it, but it, it can be... Uh, it can be a healthy moment when people when you don't li- have anything when else. people in our lives recognize that and go oh amy's in denial but that's that's actually good that we see that because that tells us where we can help out cuz yeah. she's lacking the resources she's she's at a she's at a stopped point but it's not I'm just clarifying. Get, no, it's not a good place. Sense. It's not a healthy place for me to live to stay. in a state of denial. No, but I think it's, there are times that we can't push people through it if they're not, like I said, we may mm-hmm. even lock arms with them and they may not have the inward resources. And so um, it is, mm-hmm. it is about just letting people know we're there, gotcha. letting them know yeah. we're supporting them, yep. giving them resources. Yep. And then they can build that. Cause sometimes people just, I mean, you know, I've, I've met parents who sometimes they can't even get to that place because maybe they see it themselves. Um, cause we do know a lot of mental health is genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just some things. So, yeah, but it was just a really interesting, yeah, it's always been a good perspective for me to remember when I meet a family who is in that place is, is to, to meet them where they're at. And because right. one mental mm-hmm. health, if you've seen, if you met someone with mental health, you've met one person with mental health because everyone's story is different. Mm. Right. Right. Wow, these are such great little, little like, nuggets. yeah, I'm like each, each time I'm like, Oh my gosh, different I feel is, like different is not defective. Right. Your weakness is your witness. Yep. That was mm-hmm. the other thing she mm-hmm. shared. And I just lost it. You just said something else really good. You've you met one person with mental you've, illness. You've just met one, one person. Everyone yeah. has every's, their every's own story yes. and everyone's their own unique journey. So speaking of the journey as parents, um, maybe who are struggling with mental illness themselves and or have children that have mental health um, challenges, what are some ways that either you've experienced or that advice you can give to parents in this situation where you can give yourself some self-care while at the same time supporting your child with these challenges? I think that's really important because I think as parents, we tend to put ourselves on the back burner anyway. I mean, take out mental health and, and both of us being, all of us being parents, um, James, you included, we all, I mean, the reality is, is we may come home exhausted and mm. your kids are like, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, and off we go. Um, and sometimes um, I know that there were times that Caden, um, my son, was really struggling and I couldn't be there. I was no good for him. You know, mm. like my, my bucket was empty. And so I had to, to a point say to him, like, you know, what? I need you to give me like 30 minutes. I'm going to go take a shower or whatever you need to do to kind of, I'm going to go for a run. I would never say that, oh. but <laughs> I would say I'd go for a walk. Theoretically, um, but, <laughs> but I'm going to, you know, can, can, I'm going to go sit down and um, watch this one TV show. Mm. Give me 30 minutes and then we'll come back. And right. the reality is, is I think any, everyone could take 30 minutes mm. and just say, you know, I'm going to get back. And so, um, also, you know, spending time with friends, um, it's easy to isolate ourselves mm. when we're going through those things because we feel like people don't understand. We're weary. Um, you know, no one wants to hear the story. Mm. No one understands mm-hmm. me. In um, and the reality is, is in this day and age, all of us have had yeah. someone or gone through something challenging with mm-hmm. a child, um, and so it's really taking care of yourself. And so making those times. Um, to put ourselves first. I think it's so easy to, because our, 
our, our child is in a heightened state of their struggle with mental illness that we forget about us. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, I mean, we always think like, we're not supposed to be selfish. You know, us as Christians are supposed to be out there. But the reality is, is Jesus set the greatest example when he went away. Like when everyone was swarming him, he was like, I'm going to go on the hill and then Mm -hmm. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And he always came back. And so I think he sets the greatest example for that is sometimes we need to say, I need to go away for 30 minutes. I need to go away, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but I'll be back and yeah. we can go over this. And, and no, I think, you know, especially if your child is at home and sometimes even it's just like, I need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the bathroom. And then you can kind of <laughs> decompress, stop, say a little prayer and then go to battle mm-hmm. yeah. because sometimes it's a battle going out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that the part of what you said that, um, especially resonated was that there can be this tendency to isolate, especially, I mean, sometimes with, if you have parents of young, if you are a parent with young kids, it's just, it's a kind of can be an isolating season anyway, because you're just like, what the heck is going on? Especially if you're a first time parent. But if, if it's something that you're not comfortable with, like, oh, my child is different from my friend's kids and maybe they don't get along exactly the same or there may be like some comments that you're not comfortable with or all of these different things can lead to a fear of either embarrassment or shame or people not understanding. I could totally see that causing parents or a parent to withdraw. But what you're saying is if you're isolated, it's just that much harder for self-care. Yeah. And and that's why I think it's so grateful for you to come and just talk about it because we want to break that stigma if that is there and just say, Hey, we're through this podcast being very open about these issues and you can too as a listener. And that actually in reality, if you do go out, there are a lot of people that could relate to you. And it is probably a lie that we think subconsciously that only I'm going through this. Only my child is something's different with my child, whereas all my other friends, kids are totally normal and perfect and I don't belong and that could be, you know, a rural, rural stigma. Yeah. So thanks for well, sharing and that. So much of self-care is oftentimes you got to, you got to push against what comes naturally to take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Right. So naturally I want to eat tons of junk food. Self-care would say, push against that, push against it. You know, naturally I want to whatever, stay up till 1am binge watching Netflix or self-care would say, Get eight hours of sleep. Oh, really? Right. No, I'm just. I'm, I'm kidding. I was no, just joking with that. I was I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm, just kind of, I'm just kind of spinning hypotheticals. It's my right? daily night uh, routine. <laughs> and for a lot of a lot of parents, um, uh, the way a lot of parents are wired is to lean. You know, like they, they, their their world revolves around their children, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? They lean in, mama bears and helicopter parents, all that kind of stuff. And then when you pile on some of the mental health challenges. Mm-hmm the natural response for a lot of parents is to, well, I just got to lean in even more. Right. And you do to some degree. I mean, it, it, you know, you do have to lean in more in some ways, but you got to fight against that at times mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, to be around your own circle of friends, to make sure you're getting your exercise, to make sure you're having, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're having time with at the, at the feet of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're taking care of yourself. You got to fight against the urge to, yeah, that lean voice. in even more, yeah. more, 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 because my child's going through a tough time. Somehow you got to do both. You got to lean in more, but you got to make sure that you're fighting the urge to neglect yourself 
along the way. And so much of what we're talking about last, last episode and this episode, I'm going, Oh, that's parenting 101. Mm -hmm. That's parenting 101. That's parenting one. It's almost like, and I don't want to oversimplify it, Mm -hmm. but there's a little bit of, you know, it's everything we're talking about is parenting. And then you, then, and then a little bit of extra when it comes to kids right, with, it could be with, amplified. with some mental health challenges. Right. Um, but open communication, that's parenting 101. But make sure you're, make sure with your kids who are going through some mental health challenges that that line of communication is open. Self care, that's parenting 101. We've talked about self care in the past. Mm-hmm. But man, it's even more important in these scenarios because of the tendency to, to neglect it because of the extra attention may be required when you're parenting a child mm-hmm. with some mental health challenges. Amy, talk to us about what are some, what are some tips or just some insight that you would share with a parent that says, look, how do I like build into my child with, with some mental health challenges, a sense of self-worth, a sense of accomplishment? How do I, how do I help them see the way God's wired them mm-hmm. and that that's a good thing and not a bad thing, and I can still contribute to the world, and I've got something to offer, yeah. all, mm-hmm. all of that. How, mm-hmm. how do you help with that? And again, there's a little bit of, well, it's Parenting 101, but it's different in, in these situations. It can be, yeah. Um, I remember so clearly where I was when Caden, uh, my son, looked at me, and he said, why did God make me like this? Mm-hmm. Like, And of course, you're, mm-hmm. as a parent, you're like, oh, my goodness. And mm-hmm. so I think those were or our mottos that we talked about came out of those. Um, but... At the same time, we talked about like, you know, he's he's very bright. He's a very bright child. He has a really high IQ. Um, he's very athletic. School um, sports have come really easy for him. And so we used to always say to him, you know, we have to have something to to keep us dependent on God. We had to have something. Like you couldn't be this like well-rounded kid. You wouldn't need God. And so God uses those things. And so I think it's so important though. Also, is that all of our kids have strengths. Um, they all have things, you know, when we were talking about self-care, even like there's things to them that are fun and enjoyable and they like to do. And I think anytime we can really, um, you know, give into that. Um, I had a very wise woman named Rachel Johnson who once <laughs> talked to me on a car ride together and that she was talking about how important it is when your child has something that they're they're interested in to really, Mm. you know, engage in that and really help, you know. And for my son at the time, it was he really loved animals and he wanted to do animal care at the time. He doesn't anymore, but at the time. And so, um, but finding kids, you know, you may have a a child who's really into a specific sport Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and so to be able to, to work with that and help and, you know, get them involved in those sports or whatever it is, even if it's like, Hey, let's go in the backyard and practice. Let's go out Mm -hmm. to the, let's go to the local school and let's go try that together. Or, you know, if they're anytime and, and, like, you know, oh, I've always wanted to surf. Okay, well, let's go surfing. Right. Um, and so I think anytime we can mm. take them away from what encompasses them and those those mental health things, because I think they already live in it so mm. often that we can right. take things that are their, their pleasure, their fun. Um, you know, mental health can be fun if you find those things, mm. um, you know, and find humor in it sometimes. Mm. Um, I, I jokingly talk about in one of our videos when it talks about Tourette's that my son loves watching this YouTuber, um, who, whenever he goes to a, um, airport, he says, and goes on airplanes, he says, bomb, 
bomb. And he, oh, no. and so my son <laughs> no. thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> and granted, my son has Tourette's, so he understands it. Right. But the reality is, is he's able to find mm-hmm. humor in those things. And there's some things that we can look at and find humor in. Um, and it makes it more real and more just normal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, everyone deals right. with things like that. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is the, when we can to normalize stuff mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fair and honest to say that it's not normal to have Tourette's as far as, you know, if nor- normal being the typical, right. It's not typical. It's not as common. It's, it's not right? as common. Mm-hmm. Right. But you normalize it as best you can. Cause what we want to do as parents is we want to, whether it's whether, you know, whatever the challenge, if it's somebody with super, they're super tall or they're <laughs> not, or they're not athletic at all. Right. Okay, but you normalize the experience. You you want their their life to be as <clears throat> normal is a terrible word. We don't that's use normal. We, word, we use typical. 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 We want their life to be as typical as as it can be. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel like I'm an outsider. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just because I'm an because I have this challenge now I'm an outsider in every arena of life. I'm excluded. I'm, I'm, I'm excluded, and I'm I'm atypical in every area because of my depression or my anxiety or my Mm. Tourette's or my OCD, trying to normalize as much of that as we can. Um, and leaning into, I was, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like, like leaning into the, the positives Mm -hmm. and not saying, don't say here I am. I don't, I'm not an expert, but my mind's just racing right now. Like don't say there, don't set limits for them. Mm -hmm. Don't say no for them. So, you know, if you have a child with anxiety and they're saying, I want to do A, B, C, or D. Well, why should their anxiety, li- it shouldn't be very limiting mm-hmm. very often. Right. Right. Lean in, lean into that. My buddy, this, we're not, this is not a, a conversation about disabilities, although Amy's a specialist in that as well. But my, one of my best friends is a special education teacher mm-hmm. and he's also a surfer. And he just had this, that we were having coffee the other day and just boom, the light bulb went off. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to start special shred Oh, because his junior high school, their surf team has won the junior high national championships, like 15 oh, out wow. of the last 19 years. Wow. And he's like, I, I want to take special education kids who want to do it to the beach once a week with the surf team. And we'll figure and out what, yeah. whatever they can do. We'll, and we're going to call it special shred as genius. What he's doing is he's, he's refusing to say no. You can't, you can't go to the beach and be a surfer. Right. You, you're, you're in a wheelchair. Well, yeah. no, we'll figure out what does going to the beach. Do right? Like we're, yep. we're going to normalize as best we can. And so I'm, man, right. I'm, I'm rambling, but I was just thinking, well, and if you look at some, I mean, it's look at, Look at Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, we know more than likely was on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. and and look what he created. I mean, right. he, like look at Apple. Um, yeah. I I don't know the gentleman's name, but um, Pokemon, the the guy who created Pokemon, he had it. He had mental health and d- disabilities, and look what he created. I mean, some of the most brilliant people. Look at Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps had severe ADHD mm-hmm. and has won more gold medals than anyone mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Um, and so their mental health doesn't have. Um, a ceiling. Like right. we don't need yeah. to put a ceiling right. over mental that's, health. There you go. Yeah. And that's such an encouraging word for parents because I think, and, and it's with any kind of, you know, parents in any situation, but it's very, very, very easy to get fixated on mm-hmm. what's wrong yes. or what we think is wrong. I mean, it just, it's yes. like all our thoughts 
laser focus. Yes. And and I'm speaking from my personal experience, but also from, you know, talking with friends. And it's like day in, day out, you're just like, oh my God, like, what can I do? I'm trying this, right. I'm trying this intervention, I'm trying it's not working. Right. Like and and everything gets zoned in and honed in and you're and then you become especially sensitive. Yes. And so when things don't go right as a parent, you're just yeah. like get discouraged right. and anxious. And this is such a like liberating message. It's, it's not saying ignore right. your child's needs and if there's interventions or if there's therapy, yep. work involved. That's don't, still don't there. Be in, don't be in denial. Don't be in denial. Um, and don't isolate. However, that, hey, maybe is there something in your situation, something positive, something good, something of a strength in your child that maybe your fixation on the issue is is causing you to miss. And that's an opportunity that you're encouraging parents yeah. is don't miss that opportunity because yeah. that can be such a, a beautiful and almost even healing thing and just enjoying your child and enjoying their strength and then allowing them to enjoy their strengths as well by yeah. going to the park and That's playing good. with their yeah. sports. We had to, you know, um, and I wouldn't recommend this for everybody. And I think you have to do a fine line, but there were times when like school was too much, like there was just mm. so much. And like, I had to like, look at some of the things and say like, is this something that like, is it really important for him to learn today? Mm. And so mm. we, um, we had to say, and I know we'll talk about it more at a later podcast, but, um, we had to sometimes be like, you know what, your mental health is more important. Let's go do what's going to feed your mental health and feed, you know, you feeling good about what's going on versus like, no, your teacher says this is due tomorrow mm. and you need to learn this because right. you're gonna have a test. And we had to say, you know what, pause let's not worry about this. Yeah. And and I'll be really honest. There were, there were nights that like, I was more concerned that my son was going to wake up the next morning and be alive. Mm. And I didn't care about schoolwork. And I had mm. to say, you know what? I don't care. And I would have to tell teachers, this was not my, this is not my priority. Yeah. And most mm. of the teachers as a whole, especially in this day and age are pretty understanding of what's going on. Right. And for you as a parent to say, okay. And so we would do things that nurtured him mm. versus things that were making him feel oppressed at yeah. times. Now, granted, very smart children will learn this really quickly and can use it to against you. And so we had to have a fine line of like, right. you know what? We, we can't do it every day, but right. let's, you know, we, we have, this is what it, we set parameters, but there mm -hmm. was times that we would just scrape everything that we knew and said, Nope, we're going to do this instead yeah. mm -hmm. because this is better for who you are yeah. right now. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's really As you were good. talking earlier about um, Michael Phelps and Steve Jobs and, the guy who created Pokemon. The guy Pokemon who created guy. Pokemon, oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon guy. Pokemon man. <laughs> um, I was thinking of who's the, she's been around a long time. Is it Joni Erickson? Joni Erickson Tata. Joni Erickson Tata, who, right? Who does, who paints with her mouth? Who paints with her mouth. Um, I had a mantra since, since you're the queen of mantras with your weakness is your witness and different isn't. Not defective. defective. It's not defective. I thought of don't let your limitations, cause there are limitations. Mm -hmm. Joni Erickson Tata has limitations. But don't let your limitations limit you. Did mm. huh? I get an mm -hmm. no? no? Anybody? Anyone? No, no, no uh, producer don't, James. Don't let your limit, Don't <laughs> let your limitations limit you. Like, is is going back to the question that I asked as far as how do we? It's putting, showing them role models mm -hmm. of people who have faced similar challenges and what what they've done and what the Lord has done through them, and just uh, this reminder of mm -hmm. everybody, everybody has things in their life that they're wrestling through and mm -hmm. overcoming. And it's really unfortunate for some that the challenges are larger mm -hmm. and to some degree more 
they have some natural natural limitations built into them. Mm-hmm. I think, but it doesn't I, have to limit us. I think our teenagers are really driven towards personalities, um, mm. you know, especially mm. celebrities, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, um, it's just that's how our teenagers and our children are. For us to say like, oh. Tom down the street struggled with depression and look what he's doing now. But if you were to say, oh, this actor, actress, whatever, they're much more drawn to that. And so at a pretty younger age, um, I found role models like that for Caden. Mm-hmm. Like I, I you know, good. I said, like, look at Michael Phelps, look yeah. what he did. Um, um, you know, look at um, some of the people who've had Tourette's. And so I would, mm. um, you know, I would say, like now, look at Billie Eilish. Look right. at look it's at um, Louis yeah. Capaldi. Look at some of the people who are coming out as having Tourette's and like look what they're able to accomplish. And so I would I would you know choose like, hey, and, and now he laughs at me because I'll be like, oh, did you know so and so have Tourette's? He's like, yes, mom. <laughs> and so he like laughs at me. But you know, I I wanted to show him positive role models. Yeah. You know, um, mm. on the soccer team, there was a a, a guy on the soccer team, uh, one of the, the U.S. soccer team men soccer, the goalie who had Tourette's. And I'm like, and so my son's sports driven. So I was like, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't yeah. limit, it didn't limit him. Right. And right. so it's finding also some people that they can strive to see like, oh, okay, that's really they're, powerful. they're doing amazing things. I can do amazing things. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, no limit. And like my son, I'm like, you can do anything. Just because you've Tourette's does not limit you because, yeah, your body moves and people may look at you differently. It doesn't mean that you can't be president of the United States. Right. If that's where you want to go, we're going to we're going to support you 100 percent of the way. That's awesome. That's good. Well, Amy, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is episode two of three. If you have some maybe some specific questions mm-hmm. for Amy or you would like some tips on some resources, you can email Amy Kindle. Her email is Amy K A M Y K Amy K at saddleback.com. She would love to help you yes. answer the any questions, dig a little deeper. We're just kind of scratching the surface yeah. on this really important and challenging and also wonderful journey yeah. that a lot of parents find themselves on. So thanks for joining us as always. If you want to watch the most recent episode, episode one of this series, you can do that right here somewhere and you can you can subscribe (laughs) right down here we've got more and more subscribers every single week more people subscribing to our podcast thank you share it with a friend we'll see you soon bye everybody